1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 13 says this, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this in the very final chapter of his first letter. He says, act like men. Act like men. Now, my question is, is what does that even mean? What does it mean to act like a man? What does it mean to be a man? And who is going to show us what that means? I believe right now in this, this time in our life, we have a void. We have very few men who are leading the way. We have very few compasses. We have very few fathers and spiritual fathers who are saying this is what it means to be a man. We have very few men who are willing to stand up and say, okay, I'm willing to point the way for somebody, for a young man, for a boy. I'm willing to say, hey, this is what it means to be a man. I have a daughter, and and from me, she needs love, and, and she needs an embrace. She needs affection. She needs to know that she is loved and she needs me to wrap her arms around her and tell her that she is beautiful. She needs that from me. She needs me to, to show her what it means, to, to how, how to treat a woman, what it means to be a husband and what it means to be a father. She needs that because when she goes to look for a man someday, right, she's going to, to want to know what that picture looks like. What do I even look like? What do I even look for? She's going to need that in her life. But I also have two sons. And from me, they get their identity because they bear my name for the rest of their life. So for me, it's not just about getting love and affection. It's about them becoming who they were created to be. And they get their identity from their father, just like Jesus got his identity from his father when he was baptized and God said, this is my son. This is my son. This is why it is so important. And this is why I'm going to teach this series and we're going to talk about different things. We're going to talk about what it really means to be a man and we're going to dive into relationships. We're going to dive into what it means to be a father, what it means to be a husband. And we're going to tackle different areas because I see that there is a void. There is a vacuum. Men don't have a compass to lead the way. I know that I did not have that growing up. I did not have a father who showed me what it meant to love, what it meant to embrace, what what it meant to be affectionate. I didn't have that. And so when I started off my path as a husband, I was lost because I had no compass. Nobody showed me what it meant to do that. And so we have men today who are just trying to figure it out along the way. And we have men who are failing. They are falling by the wayside. They are checking out. They're struggling. They feel like they're losing. They feel like they're behind and they'll never catch up. 
And so we need to talk about what that means. What do we do? How, how do we, we find our way as a man in society? Because Hollywood is saying, hey, you know what? It's okay. We really don't need men anymore. In fact, two women can raise a boy, but I'm here to tell you that men, you are irreplaceable. We will always need women. We will always need their nurture. We will always need their care. But it's another thing for a boy to find his identity. He can't find it a woman he can only find it in a man he can only find it in a father and let me tell you no matter what he does no matter what he accomplishes in his life he will always be looking for that light that comes from dad he'll always be looking for that voice he will always be looking for the father who is willing to say son I'm proud of you there you go that's how you do it men you are irreplaceable let me tell you men and women are different They're just different. They're not just different physically. They're different emotionally. They're different psychologically. Men don't think like women. Men don't act like women. Men don't talk in the same language that men talk, that women talk in. Most women ask a man what he's thinking, and the answer is nothing. But if you ask a woman what she's thinking, You'll get an answer every time. Men and women are completely different. And so God created us that way. But we need men. Men are irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. So let's start. Let's start by talking about the Bible. And let's go to the Word of God and find out, okay, what does it mean to be a man? And we're going to talk about relationships. And next week, I'm so excited actually about next week's sermon because I'm going to talk about why men check out. Why do men disconnect? Why do men deal with depression? Because we have more men that deal with depression today than ever before in our history. We have men in their 30s and 40s who have completely checked out, disconnected, uninterested, no passion, right? We'll talk about why that is next week. But before we do that, we have to build a foundation. And we're going to start with this today. And we're going to start with Luke chapter 18. I want to start reading to you in verse number 9. It says this. This is Jesus. It says, also he, Jesus, spoke the parable, this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterer, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. As we begin this series on men, I got to tell you, we're going to start right here because if we talk about relationships, if we talk about all these other things, if we talk about what it means to be a man, but we don't get to the root, we don't start with this foundation, everything else that we talk about will eventually crumble because we have to deal with something today, and that is called pride. Pride. 
I want to talk to you today about being a man of humility. Being a man of humility. Pride is a killer. Pride has caused more men to lose more. Careers, jobs, relationships. In fact, pride has seen more leaders fall. Good men, and you don't just see it in the world, you see it in the Word of God. You see man after man in the Word of God that failed to deal with pride. And they ended up falling. And they ended up failing. And I see it at work in men in my life. And I see it at work in me. Because as Jesus is telling this parable, right? He's telling the parable of two men. But I see a duality that is taking place actually in my life. I see that, that there is a part of me that sometimes wants to rise up and say, hey, you know what? I, I got a few things together and I've accomplished a couple things. And hey, you know what? I'm not what I used to be. And, and hey, I'm, I, I'm not what other people are. And I begin to look at a few minor accomplishes, accomplishments in my life. And I think to myself, hey, I'm good there's no need to change there's no need to grow it's the Pharisee in me that thinks that see and then there's another part of me that says no no I'm frail and I'm needy and I make mistakes and I'm desperately in need of a savior I need God every day of my life and there's a part of me that is the tax collector that falls on his face and say, God, I can't do this without you. I can't be the husband without you. I can't be the father I need to be without you. God, I am desperately in need of you. And I see that there is this duality that is taking place in my life, and I see it in men. And either pride wins or pride loses. And if we don't deal with pride, if we don't win the battle of pride for our life, we'll find that we end up being the Pharisee. And we lose out on so much. And hey, the Pharisee looked like a good guy, man. In fact, if I was pastoring, I'd go, man, I'd like that guy. I mean, look at him. He's clean cut, lives clean, fast twice a week. That's more than I do. Come on now. And he ties. I'll take a church full of them. Come on. But what he failed to recognize is there was something that was, that was at work on the inside of him. There was a soil that had not been cultivated. And here's what pride is. Pride is the soil that every sin grows in. Every sin comes from the soil of pride. Pride is that soil from which every sin grows. And if we don't deal with pride... Let me tell you, sin in our life is going to creep up and it is going to take hold of us as men because pride keeps us from crying out for help. Pride keeps us from acknowledging our utter dependence on God. Pride hinders us in so many ways and one of the ways it hinders us is it keeps us from recognizing that every day of my life when I wake up, I have two paths that I can choose. I can choose to be the Pharisee and say, hey, I'm good, I'm gonna make it on my own, I can do it on my own, or I can choose to be the tax collector and say, God, I desperately need you today. I'm gonna fall on my face and say, God, I'm utterly dependent upon you, you see? And pride is going to make that choice for us. Either I'm going to become a man of humility, 
or I'm going to let pride defeat me, right? And so it's this battle that takes place. James talks about it in James chapter 4, and this is what he says. He says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, right? And it goes on to say this, and it says it in verse 7, and it says it in verse 10. It gives us the responsibility as men, right? It says this, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Because if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. And that is the opposite of what the world is telling men to do. The world is saying, exalt yourself. Be your own man. Don't let anybody treat you a certain way. Make all that you can. Get all that you can, no matter what it costs anybody. And God says it's the complete opposite. G.K. Chesterton was a famous author and preacher, and he said this, if I had just one sermon to preach, it would be a sermon on pride. He knew that pride was causing men to fall by the wayside time after time. So we have to learn how to be humble, right? And so what is a humble man? I want to talk to you about what a humble man actually is. What is a humble man? What is humility? Where where do we start? Where are the building blocks? And so the first thing I need to tell you is this. Hey, a humble man is self-aware. We're completely aware of our frailty. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, don't think of yourself more highly than you should. In other words, be self-aware. Self-awareness just means that I am aware that I have a selfish nature that could take over. I'm aware that, that I'm capable of thinking ungodly thoughts. I'm capable of going down an ungodly path. So I have to be self-aware, right? In Matthew chapter 5, here's Jesus. He is laying out what is to be the greatest sermon that has ever been preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. There is multitudes that have gathered. And he is going to tell them, this is what I believe. This is my doctrine. This is my belief system. And he is going to start by laying out this sermon. And he starts with these words. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. The New Living Translation says, blessed are those who recognize their need of him. Jesus said, this is where you start. This is the starting point of my sermon. You have to start by recognizing your utter dependence upon God. I'm dependent upon God every day. I I can't make it on my own. I can't do it. I have to be self-aware of my limitations. I have to be conscious of the fact that that I'm not smart enough. I have to be conscious of the fact that that I can't love like I need to be able to love without God. I have to be conscious of the fact that that with him, without him, I should say I'm nothing, but with him I can do all things, amen? I have to be aware of that. It's just called self-awareness. It's just me looking in the mirror. Right? And I find there are so many men that, that this is a sticking point in their life. They're just unaware of how frail we really are. And it's not until they, they hit a wall, it's not until their world comes crashing down 
that they begin to make changes in their life. Self-awareness means that I'm willing to make changes in my life. The second thing a, a humble man is, a humble man is dependent upon others. Let me just tell you, there's no such thing as a self-made man. You were not made by yourself. You needed others to get to this point in life. You have to have others. You know, we've had small groups in this church for years and years and years. And, and we're seeing the trend begin to change now where we see more men attending small group than we've ever seen before. But historically, in years past, we've always had more women attending small group than men. Why is that? Because women are less busy at night, especially. Is, is that why we've had more women? They've got nothing to do at night? There's no kids to put to bed. There's no house to, to get organized. There's, there's no nothing. No, no, no. Let me tell you why. Pride. Pride. It's not, that, it's not that women are busier. It's just pride. Pride says, no, I don't need anybody else. I don't need to go to a group. I don't need anybody to help me. I don't need anybody to encourage me. I can make it on my own. I'm okay. Hey, don't mess with me. I'm all right. See, it's that pride that has to be broken. And a humble man says, I am dependent on others. I need other men in my life. I need friends. Proverbs says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a, a friend sharpens a friend. Listen, how does iron sharpen iron? It ain't always pretty. Sometimes we need people who are in our life right, who will tell us things maybe we don't want to hear. And listen, if you avoid that all your life, you're going to live a dull life that has very little impact. But listen, you're dependent on others. I'm dependent on others. I used to lead a small group with young guys, like they were, they were like 19 to, to 25, 26 years old, and I remember asking them one, one particular night, I said, hey guys, how many of you, your, your dad has friends? Growing up, your dad had friends. And every one of them, every one of them said to, to me, my dad had not have any friends. My dad doesn't have any friends. And I looked at them and I said, you know what, that was my life growing up too. My dad didn't have any friends. We had a couple people that he would chat with from time to time, but there were no real connections Nobody that, that, that they could get real with, right? I remember because I need that in my life. And it's not just a buddy. It's somebody who's willing to speak into my life. Because it wasn't until somebody looked at me in a counseling session when my marriage was falling apart. And they said, you are selfish. That I began to make changes in my life. See, we need that. That was iron banging up against me, Right? But I needed that in my life. Let me tell you, I was dependent on that. Nobody had done that. Nobody loved me enough to do that. I don't know where I'd be today. I don't know what my life would be like. You are dependent on other people. You are, you are desperate. Listen, you are desperate for relationships. One of the first things God said about man is this. It is not good for man to be alone. You need others. The third thing is this. A humble man is a man of prayer. A humble man is a man of prayer because that's where we start our day. We start it like that man who fell on his face 
saying, God, I desperately need you. And I've never seen an assault on prayer like I've seen it actually this past week. It's been unbelievable. I don't know if you've paid attention to what's going on in the news. You've seen a couple things. There was a show that this took place that aired this past week. The show called The View. And I don't recommend it, but anyway, there was some ladies that were talking to the host. And they were discussing the vice president's prayer life. They were talking about his prayer life. And here's, here's what they said. One host, this is what she said. She said, I don't know if I want a vice president who speaks in tongues. That's what she said. And everybody started laughing. But it's what the next host said that really struck a chord. Here's what she said. She said, it's, it's one thing for you to talk to Jesus. It's another thing for Jesus to talk to you. That's called mental illness, right? And everybody started laughing. It's an assault on prayer, and you see what's taking place even after the shooting. And and I understand that what many people are saying is, we want action. But what they're actually saying and writing is, we don't want your prayers, right? Prayers aren't good working. Prayers aren't good enough. Now, I understand the, the, the other side of it, what the point they're trying to make, but do you see that there is assault that is taking place on the power of prayer? But I'm here to tell you I believe in prayer. Come on, somebody. I believe that God still speaks today. Amen? I believe that Jesus still speaks to us. And we have to wake up every morning and say, hey, God, I've got two paths to take, but here's the path that I'm taking. I'm falling on my knees. I'm falling on my face. I'm desperate for you, and I am going to pray. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. I believe in the power of prayer. And humble people pray. Second Chronicles 714 God says this, if my people who are called by my name, if they'll humble themselves and they will pray. Which means that if I don't pray, I've allowed pride to creep in. Because I basically said, God, I can make today without you. I can make this day without you. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm not like other men. Do you see how that pride begins to manifest? But what happens is, is, is that soil is cultivated in our life and that soil will, will lead to sin creeping up in our life. A humble man is a man of prayer. And then the fourth thing is this, a humble man serves others. He serves others. Now I know this isn't popular for men to serve, but it is biblical. Because the Bible actually says that we serve each other. Husbands serve their wives. Wives serve their husbands. Right? And Jesus in Mark chapter 10 actually said that he did not come to be served. He came to serve. Right? I don't know what my legacy will be uh, on this earth. But I've got one thing I, remember, I want to be remembered for. I've got one thing. One thing was a win. I I had one win, at least in my lifetime, right? I was in Vietnam preaching a family seminar. And I've been there a couple times. I got to preach in this seminar a couple times. And I was preaching on marriage and family. And I was talking about the the miracle that God did in our life. And and I said, one of the things I like to do is I, I like to make my wife coffee. 
And I, don't, I didn't know that I even dwelt on it. I just said, you know, my wife, if she's up in the morning, I'll ask her, honey, would you like a cup of coffee? Now, we're coffee drinkers because we're spiritual. I'm just going to leave it at that. But <laughs> we're Christians. We're saved. And so we drink coffee. I don't know how the rest of you get up in the morning, but we drink coffee. And so I said, that's something I like to do. I like to make my wife coffee. And the next day, there was a Vietnamese guy there, and he said, you know, I learned something yesterday, and this morning, for the first time in 12 years of marriage, I woke up and I said to my wife, honey, would you like a cup of coffee? And I said, that's it. I can go to heaven. I'm done. Like, that's it. It's my legacy. Put it on my tombstone. Right? He helped a Vietnamese man make coffee for his wife. I said, but it's not that, right? It's not the coffee. It's a man learning how to serve because maybe he'll raise a boy, right? And that boy will grow up and say, this is what dad did. Dad showed me the way. Dad was my compass. Dad taught me what it meant to be a man, that a man serves his family. See, I had a father that did good in church. He served in church, but he didn't know how to serve at home. And so that's what I learned, and, and that's what I replicated. That was my compass. That was my reference point, and that's what I did until I had to make changes in my life and learn that, no, here's what men do. Men serve in church. Absolutely, we serve in church, and that's necessary. We serve, and we do everything we can here in church, but we also serve our families. Yes. We serve in the home, right? Men serve others because Jesus, this is what Jesus did. Jesus took a tub of water, right? And he took a towel, and he said, boys, take off your sandals. I'm going to wash your feet. And they said, no, 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 that's, that's not right. And Jesus said, no, this is right. I'm going to show you what it means to be a man. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to serve you, right? And that's what he did. And so that's our, that's our example. That's our reference point. Because here's what a man does. A man serves. It's humbling. It's not always fun. It's not always easy. I'd rather grab the remote of which I rarely give up. Come on now. Right? We love the remote, but, but a man learns how to serve. I want to pray for all the men here today. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come. I can just tell you right now something that maybe you've never heard before. I can tell you right now it's hard being a man. It's hard being a man. It's hard carrying the weight. It's hard carrying the responsibility. And no wonder, no wonder so many men check out. No wonder so many men disconnect. So many men walk away from their families. Some walk away from careers. Some walk away from life. They lose their passion at age 30. Huh? How does that happen? How, how does it happen at such a young age? It happens because there's a disconnect, right? There's, there's nobody that's willing to say, hey, hey, this is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to be a man. We've got very few fathers, and we need you. Listen, men, we need you. We need you today.